okay, we are in Sefer Yirmiyahu, Perak Ramad Aleph, Pasuk Chav, Hatsivi Lach Tziunim Shri. So we saw that the first 19 psukim of yesterday's Perak Ramad Aleph is dedicated to probably one of the most beautiful prokim in all of Navi. It is the one we read on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, those first 19 psukim. And it is no surprise because like it reflects the themes of Rosh Hashanah, of tshuva, of God's eternal love for B'nai Yisrael, of the total glory of the Messianic day when Israel is the primary nation in the world with none to threaten it, and the Kaddish Baruch Hu is recognized as the sole creator. A beautiful vision of Messianic days, which conforms to the zikronos, the, the remembrances of Rosh Hashanah. So now from Perekhov to the conclusion is more or less on a different topic. Hatsivi Lachtsiyunin. Make for yourselves markers, as it were, posts, so that you will be able to get back from bother, is what the Navi is saying. Make markers, Lachtsiyunin, say, make landmarks so you know where you're going. Siyunim could also be interpreted as um, halachos, mitzvahs. In other words, you observe the mitzvahs, you follow the halachos, you will have a clear way back from Golos. But that is when mark it so you know which way to go back. Shteli Bechlim Silo, put your heart on the path to return. Haderech halachta, shuvi besulas Yisrael, come back. Here, the metaphor of a virgin for B'nai Yisrael, Shuvi Eli, Arecha Eli, come back to your cities, the cities of Judah. Notice that the word where it says, Halach, when you go, the Cree, the way you read it in parentheses, is Halachti. The inference being, I went, said Mikhail Hu. And we learn from this that when we go into Golas, or we went into Golas, or we are in Golas, the Kaddishbar Hu goes with us. Continues the Navi. How long will you fail, you wandering woman? Kodesh has created a new concept, a new uh, settlement of the land. The woman will shall encircle the man. What does that mean? Normally, we know that in pursuing in courtship, it is the man that theoretically pursues the woman. Here, the Kaddish Baruch Hu is saying the woman will seek the man. In that, the Kaddish Baruch Hu will no longer have to follow B'nai Israel, begging them to come back, uh, bribing them, cajoling them, threatening them. Here, B'nai Israel will want to come back. They will seek the Kaddish Baruch Hu. But interestingly enough, this concept of Nekeva to Sofei together, the woman will encircle the man, is, believe it or not, the basis for the seven times around the chuppah. That's exactly where they get it from. So, Kolamar Hashem Tzvahosa Lakei Yisrael. Ojim Ruas Hadavar Hazeba Eretz Yehuda Ba'ara Bishuvi Yeshusam. 
This is what they will say when I bring you back to the land. The Kodesh Baruch Hu has blessed both the land and the Har HaKodesh, the holy mount where the temple is on. The Yashu Ba Yehuda Rav Yachtav, Judea will dwell with all its brethren together. Ikarim Benosu Ba'eder. They will be like the flocks traveling in the open field, the shepherds following the open field. The reason that is a appropriate metaphor is that in the days before, you couldn't travel openly in the field. Um, you were subject to thieves and brigands and captures of the flock. You have no one to make you afraid. Moreover, there was a real danger throughout history that these flocks, the shepherds, were very unethical as to their grazing rights. They would have no second thought about impinging on the territory of others and letting their flocks graze openly. No, here they will be aware of the ethical responsibility. Moreover, as we're going to see, there's going to be enough to feed their flocks without trespassing. He embracing nefesh ayefah, and now the Kaddish Baruch is promising what can only be interpreted as gashmius. He is going to make it materialistically a, a era of just golden opportunity for Bnei Israel. I will revive the tired soul, and I will fill the souls of all of you with plentitude. On this I will set up, and you will see, the, the Navi is saying, when I had this Nebuah, I got up, in this Nebuya, as many prophecies come in a dream. So I woke up, and it was so pleasant to me that my sleep, for one of the few times, says the Navi, was pleasing and pleasant. And the Mephoshim Ed, he goes back to sleep and now has another vision. My second prophecy, Nom Hashem. The Zorati, Espace Israel, Espace Yehuda, Zera Adam, the Zera Behema. This is the promise of materialism. Days are coming, and I will plant the seeds of Base Israel and Base Yehuda. So in it is implicit a promise that Base Israel, the ten tribes, will be back. And Base Yehuda, Zera Adam, the seeds of man, the seeds of animals. There will be harvests and plentitude, there will be um, financial opportunity. And just as I took care to plant upon you destruction, uprooting, desolation, loss of land, and to do evil in general, I will show the same energy, the same exactitude. Cain Eshkot Alehem live nose to build, Lintoa to plant, Num Hashem. It will be an era of total prosperity. Bayoimim Hahem, and now a very interesting concept, Kofes. Bayoimim Hahem, Lo Yomru Oda Vos Achu Boser, Bishene Bonim Tikkifena. Literally, what that metaphor means, they will no longer say, 
that the fathers ate the sour, bitter grapes. Literally, they committed the sins. But it was the teeth of their children, their progeny, that suffered, that were punished for. Um, let one more. In this time now that is coming, no one will be responsible for the punishment of his children. He who ate the sour or the bitter grape who committed the sin, the other, the children will have clean tea. They will not be held responsible. And so we get into one of the most puzzling aspects of our halachic sefer in the Torah, is our children punished for the sins of the fathers? The Torah seems to say, yes, in, in Shmos, that pokate avon avos albonim, the Kodesh Baruch who visits the sins of the fathers on the children, clearly. But now if we go to Sanhedrin, Mesech to Sanhedrin, Chav Zion on the base, let us read it. Ubanim ba'abon avos lo, are sons not killed because of their father's sins? It is written, pakeh alon avos albanim. And so the Gemara clarifies it. This pasam, ha'asam bisha'osan ma'ase avosehen bi'edehen. This refers to where the sins are retained by the children. And they have internalized the sinful practice like we learn in a Braisa, the sins of their fathers will wither away, meaning where they retain their father's sinful practice, yes, they will be punished. Where they don't, they will not. Continues the Gemara. So you're saying where they retain the father's practices, Perhaps it refers, even they don't. No, the Bryce states from Apostle, each man will be put to death only because of his own sin. And what it is stating is that primarily among this is idol worship. The children have followed their idol worship, and then, yes. When that they retain the idol worship, then yes, they will be punished. Where they retain the practice, where they don't know. And here the Navi is saying that in that time, there will be no idolatry. There will be no necessity. There will be no return to it. And so the sons will not be held accountable for their sins of their fathers. And now, a very problematic Pasuk or two. Pasuk says, Days are coming to Mashem, the Harati, I will, as it were, abrogate our previous covenant made at Sinai, and I will forge a new covenant. 
continues, Lo kabris asher korati esavosom biyom hechsiki biyodom v'hosesam Not the day I held their hand when I led them out of Egypt, asher heimo heferu esprisi, that treaty they have abrogated, v'anokhi ba'alti ba'am and yet despite it, I was still their father, I was still their God, despite it. Now, problem with these two psukim implying a brand new covenant is that they have been seized for centuries by um, old, sorry, New Testament theologians who claim that all previous covenants are off the table. There is a new covenant with God and his people, and that centrality is formed by Christian theology, by a Christian Messiah, and this is the basis. However, these Christian theologians who have tormented the Jews with these psukim, as I say, for centuries, that it's not the bris that I made with them, it is a new bris, he failed to include the next sentence which eliminates any potential or possibility for thinking this is where Christianity picks up the, the cudgels, as it were. This is the bris. I'm spelling out the covenant. It is my Torah that is the center of the bris. And I will write the Torah on their hearts. I will be their God. They will be my people. There is no way you can interpret this if you bother to read it, that there is a substitute covenant that excludes all the old covenantal agreements in the Torah and instead supplants it with a New Testament Christian theology. Absolutely not true. Read the Hashem. People will not have to instruct their fellow Jews saying, learn God, know what to do, follow the Torah. Because they will know me from the small to the large. They will not have to be instructed in my Torah. I will forgive their sins, their transgressions. I will not remember. I will not even think. Says, As I have given the sun for light in the day, the rules of the nature of the moon and the stars or Lila at night, Roga Hayam, the undulating of the oceans, Yemu Galo and the waves, Hashem Swaoshimo. I have done this all. I have created it all. Therefore, Imyamushu Hakukim Ha'ela, just as these rules are immutable, that the sun will shine, the moon will appear, the, or, or the waves will come forth on the shore. So too Israel is immutable. It will be a law of nature, just as one doesn't change the cycles of the sun and the moon, Israel will not be changed. It will survive eternally. They would have measured the skies from above. An impossible task. 
V'yichakru mozdei eretz lamata and measured the depths of the ocean, the floor, and the bottom. Gamaniyem asbechol zero. So just as you can't do that, it is un- impossible. I can't reject Israel. I'll call Hashem Asunim Hashem for everything that they have done for their transgression. I can't. It is in the Teva that it will not change. In other words, it defies logic. But Israel will always be my nation. Hinei yamim ba'im, days are coming, says the Navi. The city will be built. Migdal chananeo akshar hapina. Excuse me, from the tower of chananeo akshar hapana. That would be the north-south boundary of Yerushalayim. The yotza od kav, and there will be another line. Hamida nikdu al givas gorev from the valley of gorev. The nosak gavosa. The chol haemek hapigorim. This will be the east-west boundary, and you will notice emek hapigorim. That was the valley where the miracle of Sancheirev, where 185,000 uh, Assyrians were killed without a shot being fired, as it was. The Hadeshin kol hashmedos, the fertility of Nachal Kidron, Apinash sar hasusim, Mizrach, the gates of the horses, as it was called. Kodesh Hashem will be Kodesh. Lo yinotesh, lo yihereis od olam. They will not be uprooted or destroyed. This will be the southern, I'm sorry, east-west boundary, and it includes Hadeshin, where they took the Trumas Hadesh and the ashes out, out of the precincts of the city, which gives us the assurance that the city's precincts will be expanded exponentially. Yerushalayim will grow. Its boundaries burst out of its boundaries. Kodesh Hashem, lo yinotesh, lo yareis od olam. So, that would include, the, include this Navi. Tomorrow, we are going to go back to a narrative, a fascinating narrative, where it is literally the last moment. The Babylonians are at the gate. Sikio, the last king, must speak and consult and plead with Yermiyahu. The only problem is Yermiyahu is deeply embedded in jail, it's languishing in jail, of which Sikiyahu was his captive. So 8.45, 8 a.m. tomorrow, you will not want to miss it. Adkan.